welcome. You are listening to Looking for Love and More, and I'm your host, Dr. Lori Buckley, and I'm here today with my sidekick co-host, Mark Phelan. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, Mark. How you doing? I'm doing muy bueno. Yeah, it's been a little while since I've seen you, so it's nice to have you here. Yes, it, uh, this is summertime, and summertime when living's easy. Yes. Not for me, but everybody else. <laughs> it's hot, but it's lovely. And it is summertime, and now it is, uh, we're in the month of July. It's very exciting. And today we are talking about what women want. You know, the reality is who knows? We don't even know what we want sometimes, but we're going to talk about it. I'd like to hear your opinion. What do you think women want? I told you when we, you told me about this topic, and I said it's going to be one answer, we're going to close the show. Me! <laughs> Thank yeah. you very much. Uh, <laughs> this is the show over. Uh, well, I, I'm sure there are some women who want you, and do, God do you bless know them. Any of them? <laughs> you know, you can send us a letter if you happen to be one of those women. But there really are qualities that I'm going to say generally women are attracted to. But the reality is, we're all individual beings. So some women may want something, and other women may want another thing. And men and women are not necessarily on different pages really just depends on who we are. But it is an interesting thought. And if you're a man who's wondering, what do women want? That was the entire premise of that Mel Gibson, Helen Hunt movie. Oh, that was a good movie. And where he could read the thoughts. Yes. So he finally, he understood what they wanted. And do you remember what the that the moral was or the message was? That all women are crazy. <laughs> We all want to be loved. We all want to feel understood. But I think that's true with men, too. I mean, in some ways, human beings, we're all on the same page. Ultimately, I think we do all want to feel loved, needed, and appreciated. Exactly. And understood. And ironically, every day in the news, when you hear good and bad news, you could almost put in the subtext of whatever the event was, at somewhere, it was either in searching for love or because of love. Some terrible thing if somebody shoots somebody because they somebody broke up with them. Yeah. Or someone who's doing something wonderful because they were inspired by the love of their parents. It just seems like it's the full spectrum, always, every day. It's what motivates and also makes people go nuts. Right. I mean, this one we were thinking about what we want to call the show. What's the show going to be about? I knew it had to be about love. I mean, for me, that's you know, my passion. It's the thing I love talking about. I love helping people with and the thing that is so important in my own life. And when I thought about it, I thought, well, we all want to feel loved. We all want to love. You know, there's that question, is it better to be loved or to love? Mm -hmm. What would you say for you? Yeah, I get pleasure out of both. It's I, yeah. it's that, that uh, yin and yang dynamic of uh, to being physical too. I love giving as much as receiving. But at the same time, the... Uh, fulfillment depending on the person that like you said everyone's different some people's their cup is already three quarters full they're comfortable and so they don't need as much then there's the people who are that one third down they really could use the attention and at any given day you may have those days when you feel like i just wish someone would just give me a hug and tell me they love them yeah and, i mean we can all get lonely at times yeah. i mean my take on it is this i have been loved when I didn't necessarily feel it back and that I didn't find satisfying mm -hmm. at all. Right. So having that adoration or that love, which we have to say, eh, if it's not being reciprocated, how true is it? I mean, that's another question altogether, maybe another show. But when I felt that somebody really loved me, but I just didn't have those feelings, mm -hmm. it, it was very unsatisfying. It could almost, it could almost feel awkward. 
Yes. Because everyone loves the idea they're being adored and get the attention. At the same time, it's like, I don't return it. So it's, I no, almost would rather not get it at all. Exactly. Then I have to deal with this conflict because sooner or later I'm going to have to you know, pull the plug on this. It's pretty empty. I mean, it's been a long time, but I think about when I was younger, perhaps maybe in my you know, high school crush or just one younger and in that needy place. And again, I don't think it's bad to be needy. I think we all need, but in a place that maybe wasn't coming from the most healthy place. We'll put mm-hmm. it that way where I felt that when I you was were scoring it. Will with the fit to fit guy. <laughs> right. But when I felt like I was in love with someone, I felt like I was so in love with them and you know, they weren't really giving me what it was that I, that I wanted from them. It was painful, but it also was kind of nice. I mean, there was something, that longing, that that feeling that I had that felt kind of good. So I remember I used to think loving is much more satisfying than being loved. But the reality is the two together is what we really, oh. really long for. When we are feeling loving towards someone and we are getting that back, there's that give and take. I mean, this is what we call a healthy adult relationship. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about. So again, men and women, I don't think there's a difference there. I think we all want to be loved. But what do women want? So there's a study, and this is what got me thinking about this, the study that was done by a research team in the UK and they just kind of wanted to know what, what was important to men and women. They also surveyed Europeans and Americans. And they surveyed about 1,500 people. And what they came up with, and I'm not surprised at this, is that what most men and women want, Europeans and Americans, is somebody they can have a good conversation with. Now, I imagine if you're looking just to have a good time, that may not be so important. But, you know, we always talk about communication. Absolutely. This is, this is a good conversation. And that was a great communicator, basically, is what came up for most people. A little more for men than for women, but still pretty high there. Actually, um, for men, what was a little bit higher than communication, what do you think it might be? Money. Looks. Oh, yeah, of course. Right, so keeps up, keeps up her physical appearance. But it was important for women, too, that a man keeps up his physical appearance. Uh, another thing that, that was up here, not in the top, but, you know, almost 40% for men and women, pretty even, was a great cook. Now, I don't know about you, but I would Molto love... Molto manja, manja. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Now, I am a great cook, if I must say so I myself. Agree. And I love to cook. I've never been with a man who was a great cook mm-hmm. or who loved to cook. Right. And that would be fabulous. Like that, so, I mean, you talk, we, nice. we, we've, we've hit on things like that on other shows where the art of foreplay and getting to know someone... Preparing a meal together, and you put on some nice music, you open the bottle of wine. While you're preparing the meal, foreplay's happening, even though you're not touching. It yeah. is that seduction, and then you get to taste and feel. And doing it, that's something different. Like cooking a meal together. I, right. I've, I've had lots of relationships where, yeah. not lots, but I've certainly had a couple anyways, mm-hmm. where I've had that, and it's wonderful. Because mm-hmm. that's what we do. You're right. Yeah, you drink some wine, you turn on the music, you have fun together. Right. <laughs> or not. It can also create, it can also yeah. create some mm-hmm. conflict. But what I'm talking about is I would love it that when I came home at the end of the day, there was this fabulous meal just mm-hmm. waiting for me that I've never had. That would be nice. Have you had that? Oh yeah, yeah. I've been lucky enough that I've known some some very excellent uh, chefs, and then I've had some <laughs> that were. I'll prefer a TV dinner over the results. I always, though, and this is something true, and everybody can document the thousands of chicks I've been with <laughs> can document the fact that if someone went to an effort to create anything for me, even if 
it's borderline unedible. I will still eat. I'll still clean up. And I'll thank you very much for doing it. Well, never that's once have yeah. I ever put the plate aside. Oh, this is ter- never once because I know what goes into creating a meal. Yeah. I know the culinary you side of the world, and I know just the thought of their buying the stuff well, and preparing. When, when you and I were dating a million years ago. In the 40s. I mean, so I was, what, 20 years old, right? And I remember, I don't know if you remember, I cooked for you. Do you remember? It was the only thing I knew how to cook. You don't even remember. See? Men. I remember lots, but I don't remember the <laughs> cooking. Remember to... So I would cook. The only thing I knew how to cook, spaghetti with jarred spaghetti sauce. But, you know, I might add a little something here mm-hmm. and there. But, it, you know, overcooked spaghetti with the jarred tomato sauce, probably overly, you know, soaked mm-hmm. in. You don't remember. Well, maybe that's a good thing. But it, that's what I used to cook. And, but I'm sure I ate it and <laughs> smiled about it. Probably. Although, you know, there were, I did get adventurous every now and again. But I didn't learn how to cook really until I was in my 40s. Because mm-hmm. I didn't want to be a woman who cooked or cleaned. I didn't want to be that woman. So I thought, it's, oh, I'm not going to do that. But somehow I got into it. Mm-hmm. And I started watching cooking shows or I decided. I want to make something. Before you knew it, I started getting more interested and I decided I wanted to make French onion soup and I made that and I, I mastered it and I kept trying and trying and then I tried, you know, blackberry cobbler and it was like one thing after another and before you knew it, I was in love with cooking. Yep. And so I've been, so, you know, for you know, since I was 40, so for a while now, I've been definitely practicing the art of mm-hmm. cooking and taking classes whenever I can and experimenting and playing with it. But yeah, it would be nice if there was a man who said, I am going to cook you a fabulous meal. And if it was healthy on top of it, at least some of the time, that would be great too. Mm-hmm. You know, something. But you know what? Not on this list that for me is really, really important. And I think for a lot of women, and I've read other studies and certainly just in, in my experience and talking to women, sense of humor. Oh, a I guy you can make us if laugh. That, if that isn't in the top three or four, I have no chance. They didn't ask. I me. have no chance. Well, yeah. these, um, let's face it; these are British people. <laughs> hey, British people! I know are phenomenal are humans. Hilarious, they, and that's just, that's the amazing thing. They're hysterically funny, very smart, very dry, dry sense of humor, but at the same time, can be a little flatline as far as a response sometimes. Well, I don't know. You know, I just got back from England and I have my adopted family there who I adore and they make me laugh. I mm-hmm. mean, they are just, you're right. It's a certain kind of humor, mm-hmm. but I love it. I just love it. And Alan would crack me up. I laughed every day till tears are pouring down my face. So they, I think they got humor going for them. Yeah. But you know, there's always exceptions, mm-hmm. right? Just like with anything. But yeah, someone can make you laugh or they're able to... Keep it light. Sure. You know, maybe you're in the middle of an argument, and usually arguments are about stupid things. And if you have someone who can make a joke, and you know, timing is everything, but if they can do it at the right time and put some levity into it, oh my God, there's nothing better than that. And I think, for me, and I think for a lot of women, sense of humor would probably be much more important, or makes me laugh, much more important than actual looks. Absolutely. Because the, the old joke is, when the lights are off, you don't see anybody, number one. Number two, after the, when you're basking in the glow of some phenomenal sex, laying there, that's when the communication kicks in and humor is a communicating tool. It can lighten the load, like you said. It can also be a way to communicate wants and needs in a humorous way so it doesn't sound like a demand. But it's so vital to be able to just breathe and and enjoy each other's company. And if you can't communicate, especially funny, laughter, forget about it. I'm telling you, it is a great move when things are getting a little hairy. 
You know, just a little, you know, And Harry humor. is always a pain in the ass. Anyway, and he comes and shows up. And but what I, did you say? He said, when things are getting a little hairy. And I said, Harry's a pain in the ass. Oh. <laughs> but no, it does make a difference when there can be, you know, just a little bit of levity into the situation. And by the way, I think also important for good sex. Because sometimes you just have to laugh Absolutely. in bed. Because there are things that are funny. Well, I mean, yeah, things can happen and then it turns into something funny and you got to be able to go with it. It's also something that back in the day when I was doing the match.com and eHarmony stuff, if on the first date, if I couldn't make somebody laugh and I bring up my A material then, you know, and they get to know me a little easier because I'm, I'm just comfortable doing stupid voices and characters, and those kind of things. And it comes out. If that's offensive or boring or annoying to them, there's not going to be a second date. Right, so you want them to laugh, but you also want to make sure it's authentic. Because, yeah. you know, you, we've, we've been told, oh, yeah, you should just laugh at his jokes, and you no. get that ins, insincere laugh. Yeah, but yeah. See, that's the beauty of, of someone who I've been, I consider myself to be a humorous person my whole life. I know when I said something that's funny and something that I'll even say it. Now, that was good. Now, that was a good joke right there. Come on, <laughs> give it up. But I'm to, just thinking, you've said that sometimes, and I haven't always agreed with you. Exactly. But at least I, I have put you it You enjoy out it. Uh, that's all that matters. Yeah. Well, that's like me, too. I I crack myself up. I think Absolutely. I am hilarious. Mm -hmm. I'm not so sure everybody else thinks so. Exactly. But, you know, I am really good company for myself. But if you're spending time with someone who does that, and even if it's the most corniest, numbest, stupid joke, like I just said about this hairy thing, dumb, but... <laughs> Oh, guess what? It shows that there's a person who feels comfortable throwing out cornball. They don't. They're not being worried about being judged. Ooh, wait, that wasn't funny. Why should I say it? I'm not ever be overly critical. It's the of my delivery. Own mind. But isn't that everything when it comes to humor? It's always in the delivery. Exactly. Yeah. But you look at the classic. You bring up British humor. Benny Hill. Some people think it's the funniest thing. Well, I think it's annoying as hell. Oh, this I guy think, running back and forth, I getting used knocked to in the head. Love Benny. Well, what about Faulty Towers? All these shows. Faulty all these Towers shows. was the best. Did you watch it? Yeah. There's that old, that, that classic slapstick, all the Monty Python, hysterically funny. And that's just, oh my God, painfully, painfully uh, repetitive. The Search for the Holy Grail when the guy's getting his arms cut off. Come on over back. Come on, you bastard. You, you, you think he gets his arm cut off. Come on back. He's got these arms. Gets cut off. And he's sitting with no legs. I mean, it's... It's dark. It keeps going it's in different dark. directions. Yeah. But as far as just at least to me, if someone is making a joke or responding to a joke, you've broken through a little. So here's... Um, and I'm thinking about the yeah, humor. But there's another thing I think that women really want. And maybe I'm just saying what I want, but I do think that this is true, you know, also in my work, that it is important that a man, and maybe this is important for men too, you tell me, is able to acknowledge when he is wrong or even when he isn't. <laughs> to be able to say, hey, I'm sorry, or you might be right, whatever that might be, mm -hmm. whether it's true or not. Right. That is a wonderful quality. I think there's a lot of men who don't do that. And I see it all the time. Sure. Who don't do that. Who don't do that. Who can't do that. And it's problematic because yeah. you cannot change what you don't acknowledge. And again, you know, you could get into these wars. This is what I see in my office time and time again. No, this is what happened. No, this is what right. happened. No, you were, no, that's not exactly it. You, you're absolutely wrong. I mean, they'll literally say you were wrong. Right. And that does nothing to help anybody feel connected or for the relationship. As a matter of fact, it's quite destructive. Oh, can imagine. So it could be the woman too. I mean, I, I look at, I think, at least one person needs to do that. One person needs to go, right. hey, you know what? I understand how you feel. You know, you might be right. I'm so sorry. 
whatever those words are to make Isn't a Isn't the connection. key point to say, acknowledging, I see that you're upset. If I was a part of that, if there's something I said that you interpreted right or wrong, but it upsets you, I don't want that to happen again. How can we make it right? Versus beautiful. it turns into a battle of ego. Right. That's no, no, beautifully right. said. No, I'm right. No, 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 you're wrong. I'm right. And then you go for a battle, 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 and they finally give up. You say, uh, well, you know, okay, you're right. Yes, I am right. I've been telling you for 20 minutes. I'm right. It's like, it's excruciating. Right. It, and well, at some point, you've got to raise the white flag and say, okay, we're done. We're yeah. done. Let's just get I mean, what, over. What is the point there? You know, that old, you can be right or you can be happy. Right. It's true. It's like, what are you, and it, I see people get in arguments mm-hmm. like, it, it was at one o'clock. No, it wasn't. It was two o'clock. Oh, the no, I know it was at one. Let me show you. I've got the text. And I, yes. and I say the to them, minutia. I'm like, stop. Yes, it's excruciating. Who cares? Right. Like, really? But, but that's what people get mm-hmm. so caught up in that. So, so a man who can say, hey, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you might be right about that, or I don't want to fight. And like you said, if there's something I did, let me know what it is. I don't want to hurt you in any way. Is a really important quality. A, a brilliant expression just popped into my head: banking the bullshit. In other words, when you bank something, you store it away. And some people bank the bullshit. It's like they keep it, keep it, keep it, keep it until all of a sudden there's an argument. Boom! And then remember, two weeks ago, it's like, whoa, whoa, we were talking about what do you want for dinner? And so, no, no, too much. And it's this bank right. of bullshit comes pouring so out. What happens is it's just, another, it's just another weapon. It's like, you are wrong. And here's all the evidence I have exactly. to show how wrong you are, how exactly. often you've been wrong, all the times you've been wrong right. and why you're wrong. And here's what you did. And this, you did this then. Right. It's like, it's just, it's just like, yeah, pummeling them. Exactly. With all kinds of Three and a half proof. years ago, we were having brunch proof and you said something to my person. friend. It's like, <laughs> right. wait a minute, was what? Three and a half years ago? Right. Really? You're holding, so, banking the so bullshit. So what it is, is it's beating someone down. It's shaming them. Mm-hmm. And that is not going to give you what you want, which is a loving partner right. in a relationship. Speaking of loving partners, that's another thing that we want. Exactly. Somebody who treats us with kindness and with love. Not who puts up with anything that we do or say. We don't want a doormat. Mm-hmm. That is really important, too. Right, just somebody who's like, yes, dear, yes, dear, whatever you want. That's not good either. Like, there needs to be a backbone there. There needs to be strength because we can't trust the doormat because nothing has any meaning for it. They just go along with anything we say. It doesn't feel. Right. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel. And safe. what's the other word there? Is respect. It's in other words. I'm going to be. I'm going to be right, and that totally disrespects you because you could have been right. You could have had valid points, but I think you're wrong, and so I don't care. So you're discounting that person. You're not respecting them. That's going to erode any relationship. Yeah, it's going to feel respect. like, okay, I am just being treated like a piece of crap now. Wow, this is amazing. You, you could have road rage as you're driving down. Somebody cut you off. You say, hey, you son of a bitch, and flip them off. That's the way you're treating me right now. And that was a total stranger. What's that about? Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's what I talk about, you know, living above the line or living in a place of gratitude and love and curiosity mm-hmm. and generosity and acceptance. When we live in that place, it coming from strength, it feels much better, not just to the person that we're in a relationship with, but it makes our world so much happier. And it does usually have a, a better outcome because our partner is usually more right. loving. So here's a question. If you were to talk to your younger self, you as the mature, experienced, knowledgeable man talking to your young boy self and giving advice about women and what they want and how to treat a woman, what would you say? Hmm. Fabulous question. Uh, uh, now, be more enlightened. 
be present, expand your horizons, don't limit yourself. I, I, ironically, I, I think I have a great work ethic because I, I'm, I'm incredibly busy doing a variety of things. I've, I've never had a three, four days off where I've done nothing in years. So had I had that attitude, like when I first met you, I'd be in a whole different place right now. I was working 15 hours a week, part-time, and that was kind of the attitude. It was almost like half-ass. Uh-huh. I was half-ass in a lot of things. And I thought if it was easy You time, were in your 20s. Time. Yeah. Yeah. But there are men in their 20s who work really hard and who oh, are Oh, yeah. That's my point. That's right, my right, point right. is that's the time when you're supposed to put the nose to the grindstone work to 60, 70-hour weeks. You know, you know, wait, the reverse. Right. When people are retiring to start doing that. So I, I was pretty much, I, I enjoyed the casualness. And I think I didn't take things as seriously. And enough. including relationships? Oh, yeah. Hmm. And then when I'd make a decision... It was transitional. It was never with the idea this could be permanent. This could lead to something. It's more okay, this will be fine for a while. And then when I did make a decision to make it permanent, it was not a good decision because I made the wrong decision. Well, you know, we all make mistakes Mm -hmm. as long as we correct them along the way. Yeah, I... I, you know, if I were to give advice to men, which I do, (laughs) which is what we're doing Mm -hmm. right now, I would say to be authentic, right? Don't try to be something that she wants. Always be the chooser, right? Decide what, who you want and who you want to be with and be yourself. And if she doesn't like who you are, I mean, if there are things about yourself you can look at and go, ah, well, you know, women I go out with, they keep dumping me and here's why. And basically the same pattern keeps repeating. You might want to take a look at that self and go, okay, this is something I can improve on. But separate from that, there might be things that she doesn't like, but it's who you are. Then you, you want to move on. You want to find a a woman who does appreciate who you are. So being able to really be honest with ourselves and go, okay, am I happy with the kind of person that I am, the kind of man or woman that I am? And the things that you are and you can own and feel good about, then that's it. There are always going to be some women who don't appreciate that or who aren't into that. No problem. Next. And then there are qualities that you can say, yeah, this is something that I can work on. This is something that I want to do better. I want to become more. And then to work on those things. And being interesting is a really important one, too. And it goes back to the good conversation. So what does it take to be a good conversationalist? Mm-hmm. I mean, it does take some, some maturity, but it also takes being interesting. So that means having things that you enjoy doing in your life, having passions, things that excite you, uh, being able to experience joy. And if you're the kind of person that isn't really doing much or not really enjoying things and don't have things that you're passionate about, you're probably not going to be very interesting. And I'm going to say most women want a man who is interesting. And that does go back to, I think, being a good conversationalist. And I'll pose the same question to you. Which one? Your younger self. My younger self, I would say, yeah, be yourself, be the chooser. Not the don't, loser. Don't, don't lose yourself to try to please a man. Because I definitely did that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's the most important thing. You just be who you are. Mm. Um, choose carefully and wisely. But also be accepting that, mm. you know, there's no perfect person. But at the same time, if there's somebody who's not treating you well or not appreciating who you are or who's intimidated by you, yeah, get rid of them. Move on. And that's really what I would say. And I think that's good information for young and old, mm-hmm. you know, to just really feel good you, you about see, who yeah, you are. The key point you just said, there's no when to move on. I had a few of those. I stuck around too long thinking I was going to turn the tide kind of deal. I was just a waste of time. Right. I see potential. Yeah. And then it turns into, then you start getting a little annoyed and then annoyance can turn into bitterness. 
and then they'll finally fade away. But in the meantime, such waste of emotional energy. And yeah. Basically, usually for nothing. But we have to kind of learn along the way. I think it was Maya Angelou who said, if somebody shows you who they are, believe them. You know, I remember there would be times when I was young and there would be a guy who would say, oh, don't fall in love with me. You know, if, if that happened now, I would say, okay, goodbye. Ciao. Exactly. <laughs> See if they're saying that, you want to trust it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, but instead, at the time, you know, when you're younger, it's like a challenge, right? Oh, right. I can change them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I've heard those words. If you just... In the course of, especially working in hospitality and restaurants, you overhear lots of conversations. Yeah. No, he's really changing. And I think I'm doing it. And I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to the full change. I'm like, oh my God. What do you got him locked in the basement? <laughs> no, I do believe that people can change. Right. But when you are with somebody and it's not looking right and you're banking on change or mm-hmm. potential, right. then you're in trouble. If you're with someone and you love them and you have all of the important qualities, the needs met. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's some things there that you look at, like we all want to continue to grow and evolve. And there's some things there that you would like to address. Nothing wrong with that. But when you're not feeling good about who you're with and you're only banking mm-hmm. on potential or the fact that they're going to change, that's when you need to take a good hard look. And know when you hear back-ass, backward comments, either they're coming from an awkward place or someone just doesn't communicate right. I still remember <laughs> in college... I don't know if the girl was was trying to be nice. She said, you know, if you had normal coloring, you'd really be good looking. <laughs> and I went, okay. Hey, so thank you. I'm a mutant. And okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, that's. Uh, and those of you who, who don't know what Mark looks like. Uh, I'm Irish. Redhead. Yeah. And when I was younger, I was a real carrot top. And you had, you don't have them so much anymore, but no. when I knew you. What's like, left of it. You had lots of freckles yeah. and. Um, very fair skin, red hair. Extremely fair. Um, but very handsome. You know, bright blue eyes. I mean, very handsome. But, but yeah, at the you... same time, when we have a comment like that, if you had normal coloring, <laughs> you'd be really good. And I said, and compared to what? <laughs> yeah. That's... And that's when I should have just, okay, fine. But in the, just turn off the lights and jump my bones. I don't care. <laughs> just don't look. Exactly. Don't look. But to be fair, also, when you were younger, you know, we're talking, what, like the 80s, the, the look then was, you know, tan skin yep. right it was all about being tan and you are not tan nope. you could never be tan no, I, I don't sun tan i sun stroke <laughs> i go from pink to maroon that's my you know i got in the sun for 15 minutes lobster boy so i i grew up in florida the worst place in the world a beach city in florida the worst place in the world to grow up so you know i go at in uh at 8 15 in the morning and at 6 15 at the evening pretty much but it's a, there again, it's all relative to appearance and how people perceive you. And I did not let that bother me. I said, yeah, yeah, fine. If I had normal coloring. Okay, good. Yeah, well, you know, it says something about her level of, of sensitivity. Mm-hmm. But what it really comes down to, and just as we wrap up, this is what I'm going to say about it. What do women want? It doesn't matter. It's what does the woman that you are with want. Right. And you want to ask questions. And by the way, being a good conversationalist mm-hmm. really does involve asking questions and being interested. And a really interesting person, what makes someone interesting? When they are interested in you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the great things, whether you're dating, it's a first date, or you're with someone for a long time, is to continue to be interested in them. And there you're going to get your best information. And then you find things you can be interested in together. And then you grow together and you can comment. You go to an art gallery, you see a movie, a concert, whatever. You come back, comment or talk about it. It's a shared experience. Yeah, it's it's Then it's, those start racking up and then you've got that nice little database built up where you can go, 
Remember the time we did that? Oh, that was so great. Or that restaurant we went to? Yeah. Oh, that was so great. That those shared memories, experience. Those shared exactly. memories, those shared ex- experiences. But being curious is always a good thing. You will learn so much about what she wants. And this goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Women to ask men and be curious. And no matter if you've been together for 40, 50 years, there is always new things to learn because we change all the time. Right. This is true in bed and out of bed. So to keep that interest, to keep wanting to know what is it that would make you really happy? What is it that turns you on? What is it I can do that would blow your mind? Those kinds of things. What did you fall in love with initially about me? What do you love most about me now? Isn't that the brutal thing of these websites like Tender? We say, okay, just swipe right, just to hook up. You're not, not only not finding out anything about someone, the fact that that's how you met, even if connection starts, you immediately go... Yeah, but I met him on this. Well, I don't know. But I'm not going to put any judgment on that. I do think that if that is all you're looking at, uh, you know, depending on what you want in your life, if you just want to hook up for a night and all that matters is that they have a pretty face, okay. But what happens if you do feel a connection? Well, then you get to know them. And that's what dating is, right? So dating is a process. It's not like, oh, I'm looking for the one that I'm going to marry. It's I am getting to know someone or people. And you go out with them and maybe there's enough there that you want to get to know more about them. And you continue to go out until there's a reason not to or until there's a reason to have a commitment, to make a commitment. But that's what it is. It's a process of Mm -hmm. learning. And so how you start that dating process, I'm not going to put any judgment on it. It doesn't matter. It can be through some dating site, which is a really great way to meet people. It can be, you know, someone that you meet at a restaurant or a bar or a grocery market or a class. It could be a, someone that fixes you up. You know, we all kind of want it to work organically. It would be so nice if we're just walking down the street or we're sitting somewhere and we see the person of our dreams, our soulmate across the way. And we touch and we talk and... You know, we live happily ever after. Sounds really good. It's just not very realistic. Mm -hmm. So how we meet is, you know, not that important as opposed to what we do after we meet. And, you know, it's the first step is being clear about what you want. And so that's part of being the chooser. When you're clear about what you want, you're going to choose better than trying to be what somebody else wants. So I think that's what we'll leave it with today. And next week, we or next time we do the show, in two weeks from now, we are going to talk about whether to stay or leave. Love them or leave them. And I think that'll be a really good topic. So if you have any comments or any questions or any stories you want to share, you can send them our way at lori at lookingforlovepodcast.com. And let's not be sexist. Love him or leave him or love her or leave her. Well, it's him, not him. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. <laughs> love him or her or leave him or her. <laughs> Whatever. You get, the, you get the idea. There you go. Anyways, thank you all for listening and for tuning in. We always appreciate it and would appreciate, if you're liking our show, to leave us a review on iTunes. Always appreciated. We have our website coming up soon. So we'll, we'll let you know about that. Again, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Mark. And we will see you soon. Take care. Bye, everyone. <laughs>